Hey, it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches, figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, how to get your work noticed, and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective, as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you, as well as a few of my own, and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee or a glass of wine and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Yes, I need your trouble. Welcome to my sunny windowsill or rainy or snowy, depending on where you're listening. From today here on Vashon Island, there is a steady drizzle, a steady pitter-patter of rain, but it's still beautiful. Today, I think you'll really like this conversation. I had the great good fortune of talking to Jahan Bowden Spears. Jahan is just a delight. She is someone I've wanted to meet for quite some time. I've just noticed her and and the goodness that she puts out into the world and and how she cultivates such interesting people, artists, artwork, thought. And so I get to share that conversation with you today. And I'm thrilled. A little bit about Jahan in her own words. With over 30 years experience as a freelance designer, I founded my own illustration agency, Jahan Limited, in 2018. I have always orientated myself through the visual world. Inspired by color and conversation, I was one of the first designers to use quotes and lettering in surface pattern and have licensed hundreds of my own designs. My work has been featured on London Underground posters. I have presented creative ideas on BBC TV's Trade Secrets. I studied textile design at Winchester School of Art and worked as a textile designer in Vienna as a graduate. I have given many talks about my artwork, including at the V&A. I personally represent 20 distinctive and inspiring artists from the UK, Europe, Europe, USA, Canada, and New Zealand. Our client list includes anthropology, museums and galleries, Quarto, the National Trust, Scholastic, Gallison, Roger Laborde, and many more. I just had such a wonderful time talking to John, and I hope the rest of you are equally inspired by Jahan and what she has done and what she is doing creatively and as an independent creative thinker. It's pretty exciting. So grab your cuppa and sit back and here we go. I also wanted to remind you about the very exciting windowsill workshops that are launching right now in January. Bethany 
uh, from Bonanza Designs is teaching in January. And then next month, February 19th, we'll have Tracy English. What are windowsill workshops, you might be saying? Well, you're all listening to the podcast somehow or other. And just imagine if you could sit down, give a few hours of creativity as a gift to yourself and create with this person that you might have heard on the podcast and alongside other friends and peers and creatives that you might not even know yet. So it's on Zoom. It's the third Saturday of every month. And you can find out a lot more on Tantau Studio website, link in the bio. If you sign up on the email list, you'll get all the information. So we're really, really excited. It's just a time out to be creative and learn from and ask questions of the artists that you've heard on the podcast. We'll just have one a month. So this year, here are a few of the artists you can look forward to. Again, Tracy English, February 19th, and Tracy's amazing watercolor collage artist and painter, and she just does amazing things. We'll have Estee McLeod, Dale Bennett, Kate Endel, Sarah Hand with some paper mache for you, Jennifer Orkin Lewis with some painting, Jill Schwartz, we're either going to make ornaments or earrings, some jewelry, Dean Christensen, Anna Bianchi. These are just a, a little taste of what's coming your way on Windowsill Workshop. So be sure to sign up for the mailing list and just keep your ears and eyes open. It is so much fun. We really have a good time. And if you can't join us live, of course, these are available at any time for you to download and create with. There's supply lists. We make it really easy. So coming your way, Windowsill Workshops. Jahan, I'm so glad to have you here today. I've been so looking forward to this. Thank you, Margot. It's so lovely to, to meet you. Thank you for asking me. I was saying before we push go that I just, you're one of those people I feel like I've known already because it just feels like we're connected in many ways. So I like yes, that. Yes, yes, absolutely. I love what you're doing. I love what you've created and that you're creative. And I just, I want to hear more about all of it. So tell me, just kind of tell me about, I mean, not to, not to be cliche, but your creative path and just how you kind of started dipping your toes into it because there's I'm sure there's a lot from there to where you are now yes gosh absolutely no there is it's um well it's a it's a story that's um lasted 30 years in terms of since my education which mm. started off in textile design I specialized at the age of 16 in textiles and then oh. went on to do um my degree in printed textiles but really I think my story starts with um you know, being with my creative environment as a child. Mm. My parents both very, very creative and I grew up with a really interesting combination of a love of colour and a love of asking questions about creativity and mm. lots of books, um, really sort of interconnecting lots of different things. And I think that's my sort of main interest really is connecting the visual world with other questions and inspirations it's really if we don't keep asking questions I think it stagnates and we're stuck in a certain a certain place creatively so I I love that that came to your mind right away that combination of of curiosity yes I think I think that's so important and I learned the lesson really valuable lesson very early on that to follow our own voice is really the best thing that we can do and I, I won a competition as an art student my project was based around Shakespeare, which was a topic that I chose because I've always been really interested in literature. And I was one of the first artists to use words in surface pattern. And the design was ah. published by Gallery 5 London, who at the time were a really massive yeah. company in the UK. Um, 
and I just remember being so surprised that, that I won the competition to have my work published. And I, I remember to this day, my um, tutor saying to me, well, Shahan, you need to go and buy an invoice book and invoice, <laughs> invoice the client. And I literally said to the tutor, but why would I need a whole book? I, you know, <laughs> I only need one invoice. Um, I love that. So, you know, and it just completely launched my career and it was wow. the second year of my degree. And I went on to do lots and lots of work for Gallery 5 and, my designs, you know, they sold all over the world. And it was really the beginning of my work. But as I've said, the key thing was that I was following my own interest um, mm-hmm. rather than doing what I thought was I should be doing. Uh, that's kind of the key right there for sure. Like you said, it's, we, we, it's so easy to get wrapped up in what we think we should be doing. Mm. And yeah, to learn that yeah. then is, that's a, that's a, I wish everybody could learn that at that age. Mm. Do you, yes. do you feel like you yeah. really stuck to that? I think I did. I think I do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, combination of, 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 you know, good luck, I think, as well, and, and timing, as I think so much of what we do is also about timing. But after I graduated, I want, I've always wanted to live in a foreign country and learn another language. So mm-hmm. I took myself off to Vienna in my English car mm-hmm. with my sewing machine and my handmade papers in the boot. Um, And I worked in-house for a textile design company in Vienna, Um, but they were fantastic in that they said, you can, you can really do what you want. You can follow your own path, which was amazing because at that time, the majority of textile design studios were much more working to specific briefs or specific trend boards or collections that they may have seen Mm -hmm. on the King's Road. Right. So to really have that complete freedom, again, that was that was a fortunate position for me to then be in as a freelance in-house mm-hmm. designer. Um, and that studio itself did go on to, to change also in that way to not be so free. So mm-hmm. that was a significant bit starting point for me in the commercial world. And from that point onwards, yeah, definitely. It's def- I've definitely followed my own, my own way, I think. Mm-hmm. That's interesting that you say that that studio then became less free because I I feel like that happens often, you know, where, where it'll start out with that, the best intention in mind. And sometimes it's for financial reasons or, you know, these things are selling better or whatever. But if you can be part of something that's happening, I don't know, because it's not what everybody else is doing. And it's not necessarily trendy, but it comes from a place of purpose and, you know, somebody's idea of what's important, then that's, Mm. that's a beautiful place to be. Yes. Yes. That's true creativity. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It's interesting. You know, when you, you have, you go through those periods of time when you think I need to try and find a sentence to really express what to express your, you know, who you are. Mm. Um, so I thought for a very long time when I first set up the new agency and, and I landed on the sentence, I'm inspired by colour and conversations mm-hmm. because I really wanted that something that expressed both this love of the visual world and I've always orientated myself by the visual world and I've always walked into a room mm. um, and kind of I scan everything around me. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just because it's my strongest sense. So I, I literally do orientate myself through what's yeah. in that space. I love um, that. So, yeah, it's really, it's really interesting. But also just so I'm always so interested in people and what they think and 
what they've read and what they believe in and, and their motivations. So the mm-hmm. conversational side is also really important and it's a big part of our work as well and, and you know and how I work with artists. So I was just gonna say those those beliefs and being led in by those values, what a great way to interact with the people in your agency and the people that you represent, because you're, they know from the start that you're listening, hearing and seeing them. And that's so much more can be built from that. I think. Mm. Yes. Yes. It's really exciting. I think that's not always the case. Uh, Sometimes um, it's, you know, here's what we need. It's this time of year. So here's what we need or something Mm. like that. Instead of what's interesting you let's talk about it. Mm. Um, just yes so much more can blossom from that space yes definitely and I think also you you'll you'll know much more about this from from all your experience on on the other side on the client side Margot that you know you you want to as a client you want to work with people who are themselves inspired by what they're working on right um because the results will be more will be stronger and the whole process will be more enjoyable so much more so and I've I've certainly worked with people at, when I've worked more corporate and had less my own things. Um, I had the good fortune to work for a company when I first dipped into corporate, that was very much that way where it was, here's what we're seeing as a trend, but how, or here's what we feel is important. You know, these categories, you artists, pool of artists, what is lighting you up? Is any of this interesting to you? Are you um, inspired by any of any of this? Instead of saying, we need a purple butterfly, go do it. Because then yeah. you're, you're assigning something that might not resonate at all. And I've, oh my gosh, I learned a lot by just watching both of those things happen and, and the results that did or didn't come from them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Oh gosh. We're yeah. human after all. It's, yeah, I just no. feel like. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when something can come from your gut instead of, you know, you're trying to make sense of it. It's, mm. it has such a different mm. result. Definitely. And I think also that's something that's really important for artists um, and, 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 and how I also worked within my own creative practice was to have a portfolio career. So to work in different areas. And I think, if you're working with ideas that are genuine creative ideas that you 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 have and you own and you're you're really motivated by, then you really do have that wonderful opportunity to transfer those ideas or to take seeds of those ideas into different areas. So you might be working in um, illustrating for a book, but you then might also be creating original artwork as a private commission or creating something for a gallery or for Liberty of London. Yeah. So if you're creative creativity is there from the beginning you're going to benefit and flourish and have a much richer portfolio career also as a result so it just makes such a massive difference um and certainly helped me as an artist so yeah I so agree I see and I'm I'm I this would be an interesting conversation but I see kind of portfolios built up in two different ways people that are the end goal is to have their art into the world, but they've, they've taken a bunch of classes and they're looking around them and seeing what people are doing. And they're they're they've filled their portfolio with those things. And sometimes that's just a starting point, but they don't realize that yet. And then other yeah. people that have, that are in their sketchbook all the time and they're, mm-hmm. and they're just playing with things and they're inspired by things and they're that work, even if they go and take the same classes, it's going to have 
it's going to resonate differently. And I, I see those two and, and it's, Mm. it's an interesting difference. Yes. I think that's a really fascinating point. And, and that the development of a creative idea is going to be far slower if you're not invested in it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We, we all need to continue to develop. So, yeah, yeah. we, we don't really... just want to tick the boxes. No. <laughs> it has and, to be more. <laughs> well, and it's like you said, when you go into a room, you you take it all in visually. And I think that's just that's even just part of the process. I can totally relate to that because I. I do as well. I do everything visually, but I, I think if you, if you're a creative and listening and thinking like, where do I fit in, into, into that, those portfolios they were talking about, but it's just how you, how you walk through your, through your life. Are you, are you taking things in? Are you looking at color? Are you looking at texture? It all, it doesn't necessarily have to be when you put your pen to tablet or brush to canvas. It's, oh yeah, you're, you're soaking it in anyway. So you're in a good space. Don't worry. You're you're getting there. You're in a good space. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And it's really, really helpful to try different things. And I always think it's just as helpful to know the things that you're not interested in Mm -hmm. as the things that you are, you know, I love to think what are the things that really kind of um, make you cross, you know, and it's sort of almost like, you know, if a word's not centered in the middle of a page, (laughs) you know, you sort of, you have to make, put it in the middle or what are those things that are really important and that you don't, you don't want, I think just as interesting. It's true. I think early on, I think age or, you know, where you are in your career, you think, oh, I have to do all these things. I have to cross that T and dot that I, but, but then as you are further along, you're like, no, I can focus on the things that I like to do and I do the best. And yeah. And reward, yes. more rewards yes. come from that for sure. Mm. So what happened after, after Vienna? Did you drive home with your sewing no, machine? Vienna. I did, <laughs> but I accumulated so much stuff in my, my, my two years in Vienna that my dad came and drove the other half of my stuff home that. in his car. <laughs> I love that. So, so we went back, we went back in tandem. Um, so that was the most wonderful experience to be in Vienna. I absolutely loved it. Oh. And, um, I'd love to have stayed longer, but I did come back to Brighton in 1996, I think the autumn of 1996. And I set up as a designer, as a full-time freelance designer. And I used my own name, my full name, which is a little bit of a mouthful, mm-hmm. Shahan Bowden Spears, as my designer name. But I also set up a, a company under the name of Cloth of Gold. Mm-hmm. And it was inspired by the history of the Cloth of Gold, which is a famous historical event where Henry VIII went over to France to meet the King of France and took all his entourage. And he was just trying to impress the King of France so much. It was such an important political event that they filled the fields of France with these tents and they were made of the Cloth of Gold, um, which was... Also, I think Catherine of Aragon's wedding dress, I think, was also Mm. made of this beautiful cloth of gold. So and it was just a really evocative story. So that was the name that I used. And I did three things. I was licensing my designs directly to industry, predominantly for textiles and paper products. Mm. I was also creating one off embroidered textile wall hangings, which were all screen printed by hand with, with gold metallic. Um, pigments uh, onto Indian silks usually and then I would collage and embroider um, wall hangings and cushions so I did that for private collections Mm. 
and I also did small batch production Mm. so I exhibited at trade fairs and made handmade cards handmade clocks cushions Mm -hmm. um, limited edition books all of those sorts of things which I sold all over the country to Liberty and Royal Shakespeare Company and lots of independent shops so it, it was this mixture, as I've said, you know, this sort of interdisciplinary, this transfer of, mm-hmm. of creativity from one And it wasn't as easy then to, I mean, you really had to find your resources in a different way and figure out yeah. who you wanted to work with and how you were going to get those things made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So really um, rolled your sleeves up and figured yes. all that out, which is so, yeah. such good, such good information to have mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. And I think if you do have the opportunity to ex- exhibit at a trade fair if you're, or visit a trade fair and talk to people, it just opens your eyes to so much. I agree. Um, and that was really significant and, and made a huge amount of connections as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, But obviously yeah. now we have social media, which is just wonderful. Um, it really is. I, I've, I've lived a lot of my life at trade fairs setting up and and the the relationships you make it's similar to now because because you're you know setting up next to people that are like-minded they're selling something different but you're all going through the same small business aches and pains and things like that and i think the same can be said now for finding artists and illustrators who are tucked away in, around the world that we're all going through different but the same things so that that's a wonderful thing but i do i those were great training grounds those those trade fairs and uh I know it's changed yes. a bit but yes uh, such such great memories lots of work lots of work lots but, of work yes yes but absolutely. so great to be able to get that feedback as well directly from the retailers or sometimes the consumer as well that was yes yeah valuable. definitely no really valuable and I think there's nothing like seeing the application of of designs on onto objects and books it just really brings everything to life and to really understand I think this there's so much creativity involved from everybody in the whole process from the artist to you know the part the final person displaying mm-hmm. it in their shop I don't know if you saw there was a most wonderful program on before Christmas about Liberty of London at <gasps> Christmas I missed it oh it's amazing Margot if you can if if it oh. must probably on the iPlayer but it was just yeah. so wonderful the, the the time and the care and the thought that, that went into the detail of mm. displaying products that obviously they were buying in was just incredible right. and yeah, I, I, think I will go have a look. That's, I mean, that's my Narnia. You know, it's just a, a <laughs> it's a magical door yes. to walk through for sure. And, yes. and I do feel like the attention to detail. I was um, lucky enough to to know London first because my dad was an uh, airline pilot. So this goes way back. But I would, oh, wow, I yeah, I'd have studios for my design classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays in my final year of school. And it was literally free to go there uh, to fly. And then I had friends to stay with. So I, being being an adventurer, would just go and walk. And 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 my, my, my parents let me do that, which is kind of astounding. But I think yeah. they, they trusted Amazing. me I was staying with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I just had to get myself <laughs> to the airport, basically. And there yeah. was no frequent flyer miles. So it was much easier. But Liberty, I just remember just 
going in and just looking, like you said, reading that room for sure, every little detail and yeah, fabrics they had and what those looked like or the people they were specially showing or how things were, how the sweaters felt and were folded and what colors were next to each other. And oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. I'll have to watch Just that. a dream. I digress. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the best place to digress into, I think, Liberty, Liberty of London. <laughs> I totally agree. I totally agree. But, so but where's being... the first place you traveled to, Margot? I'm curious. Oh, the... you're clearly very, an intrepid yeah. traveler. You know, the first place I traveled to, well, we went as a family to Europe. Again, I, I say this because it was, we were lucky because it was very, very affordable. It didn't cost us anything to fly there, but we went when I was 14 was my first trip and it was the South of France. And I, I took French in school. So I knew what people were saying. And we went to oh, so many museums and, and beautiful places in the Matisse chapel and Le Beau and just really learned a lot about it and then took it all in. And as I think that really affected my, or made a big impression on my learning at that time, because, you know, you're an impressionable teenager. And my mom being an interior designer was always talking color and, and things like that. But just to think, oh my gosh, you know, I'm in the U S everything, you know, yes, there's beautiful, of course there's beautiful museums and things, but when you, when you're in a surrounding where there's a crumbling castle or, you know, the architecture where somebody lives is so has so much history to it. It just had the dimension to me was mind boggling. And yeah, I think we yeah. I remember we went to Moustier then and the watch those ceramics being hand-painted and just the style and how that was done. And so though I was very, 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 very fortunate to be able to, to have an experience like that early on. And I think flying standby and realizing you just had to be flexible enabled me to just like figure it out. So that's yeah. why I kept going and kept traveling as long as I, as long as I could. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. But London is my favorite. England is my oh, favorite favorite well it would be wonderful to see you in London when when the world opens up a bit more yes. again it's on my it's <laughs> top on my list so with all the fabric and things like that and with setting up your own your own was that under um the uh, cloth of gold as well the products you did and all yes yes so I sold all of my products so that was all under the name of cloth of gold but the name that would be printed you know my the, the name that I was credited with on my wrapping papers and greeting cards and things was Shahan Bowden Spears, which I've clearly dropped the Bowden Spears for <laughs> <laughs> my new um my new venture, which is mm. four years old in yes. January 2022, Great. which is lovely. So yeah, I've just kept it simple with Shahan. Um it. because it's yeah, it's just uh just feels more personal as well. Um so cloth of gold, but it's something that comes up, I think, often a lot when I'm talking to artists is this this slight dilemma of using your your just your name mm-hmm. or coming up with a name. And yes. I think, why did I use the word the name cloth of gold? I think it was twofold, partly because I've got a name that's a little bit difficult to say and want, you know, we sort of feel we want to make it easier for people. But I think also through complete lack of confidence and mm-hmm. It's really interesting. I something that I talk to artists about a lot when I'm working with, you know, one to one, and it would be an interesting thing for us to maybe have a wider conversation about. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, how do you choose which name? I Whether love to have this conversation. Your name and I. My f- feeling is, 
go with your name mm-hmm. um, unless there are very specific reasons why not, which there they may well be. And that's quite interesting to talk about the differences. But I wish I'd gone with my name sooner, although at the time using cloth of gold was a really valuable thing for me to choose as well, because it was my way of thinking about, well, what am I really interested in? Yeah. Um, what makes me me? What makes me different? And we it's so important for us to think about how how we stand out not just because we want to be more seen, but because we want to follow our own authentic path. And as, as you know, anybody who sat down to even choose a book in a bookshop, you know, where do you start? That We're overwhelmed with choice all the time. Right, right. And we have to look in and think, okay, but what am I really interested in? We have to start breaking down and making those choices less overwhelming. So choosing a title that wasn't my name helped me in a way to do that. That's so interesting. Yeah, that was a long answer. No, Sorry. That's, that's so good. That makes a lot of sense because I, and that, I'm so glad you brought that up. That's a great thing to talk about. I'm sure many people are nodding because I remember, I can exactly remember who it was who said, when you start your own business, because I know you will someday, Margot, call it by your name, because then people will be able to find that. But the same as you said, what sometimes it is confidence. That's, that's a great thing to call out. But where we are in our lives and the interests we have at that time. And I think obviously Koth of Gold was such a purposeful decision and backed by so many of the right reasons. And I think you're still associated with that. So if you choose a name, that's not your own given name, it's just how you tie your own name to that. And when maybe is a time to bring your name, your given name into that conversation that's a really interesting one. I, I do think about that a lot. Yeah. And of course, with because I really associate your name with windowsill chats, is mm-hmm. they're, they're, they, I don't think of them as two separate mm-hmm. things. So you've, you've really done that wonderfully and brought those two together. And the windowsill chats is just such a fantastic name. Oh, it's thanks. just so brilliant. It just makes you feel all of the right things in, you know, the wonderful music, but it feels like, I think I've said this to you in our messages, it feels like it's always been there in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just to have this ability to, to to talk honestly and openly and to chat. And I think also one of the questions, you know, how should I frame my emails to clients? Well, just be yourself. It doesn't have to sound uber, uber, uber professional. I agree. Or formal in order to be professional. No, I think the more real and the more ourselves we can be, the more we're noticed for that. I think there's such a sort of a trend or a a leaning to do it this way. If you're going to teach a class, it has to show up like this. Or if you're going to sell something, you have to have a landing page and no, just be yourself and show up in that way. One of my goals for this year is to get back to posting on Instagram like I used to, where I'm not thinking about it so much. I'm just putting what I find is pretty. Like I scanned that room and saw a beautiful, you know, how the curtain treatment was, take a picture of it, post it, you know, that kind of thing instead of so overthought, which I think I see happening. And I think we need to approach our, our communication the same way. Like you said, in emails, I'm much more apt to read something that is feels honest you know, and fresh. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so many tips yeah. along the way. Oh, it's so lovely to talk to you, Margot. It really Aww, is. Obviously, likewise. I've heard, heard your name for many years with all the wonderful work that you've, you've done with Lilla. And also that it was so, so special for me to listen to the interviews that you did with um, 
two of my artists, Tracy yes. English and Catherine Quinn. And Catherine, yes, those yeah. were so great. You have a wonderful, you, you're one of those people that have so many artists that I love. And it makes me think over and over again, like, oh, how did that, how does that all come together? And I've, I've thought about it so long myself. And I've talked to um, Hannah from Creative Square about this and, and other friends too. But tell me how that came together for you. And what was that kind of thought that went off in your head that said, maybe I should bring others along on this journey? Yeah, that's a great question, Margot. I think it was a combination of things all happening at the same time. So for many years, as part one of the things that I did as an artist was because I'm in Brighton every year, the Brighton Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, Brighton was the first place in the world where an artist said, it's not always easy to get my work into a London gallery. So I'm going to open my house mm. every weekend. I'm going to put my work on my walls and open my house as part of the Brighton Festival. Um, and that was a chap called Ned Hoskins, who was a painter oh. who sadly passed away last year. Mm. Um and it spurred a huge movement in Brighton for people, for artists to open their houses. And oh, wow. it started in the 80s. And now, prior obviously to lockdown, there were as many as 300, 300, 400 houses in, the, in Brighton and Hove and the wider area opening and asking, a lot of people ask artists to exhibit with them. Mm-hmm. So I exhibited in other people's houses for, for five or six years. And then I did it in my own house. So at that point... I invited lots of other artists <clears throat> that I admired and I loved their work. Mm. And I think it was really then that I realised, hang on, this is really fascinating, talking to other people about lots of different people's work and just seeing yeah. what people respond to. Um, so really my interest in the wider creative process and the conversations and responses to work was the beginning of my journey to, to then become, you know, obviously really kind of full-time agent now Mm -hmm. um which was also happening at the same time as when I had my children because I think again something that's very common is that when we when we uh, first have children we worry about losing our Mm -hmm. our touch with the industry um and I really didn't want to lose didn't want to stop work for seven years and then feel like, oh my goodness, how am I going to get back in? Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, I love doing this. Why don't I just try this and uh-huh. start showing artists' work that I know to my clients? And it all just grew from there, really. And I'm, I feel, I still feel as creative within my role now as I was when I was a full-time artist. And we work very closely with, uh, I work very closely with my artists and often come up with concepts. Mm-hmm. And one of the books that Catherine Quinn has illustrated was um, a concept that I came up with, which is a relaxation book, and it's called The Art of Wellbeing, mm-hmm. um, full of Catherine's wonderful whales. Yes. So, you know, it just also brings all of these extra opportunities. I could never illustrate a book on whales. You know, I could <laughs> I could never do The Art of Wellbeing. That's not my, my skill is in colours and putting um kind of decorative elements together and mm-hmm. in, in in other ways so yeah it just it opens up a whole world of opportunity and creativity which wasn't necessarily there just in my own individual practice so mm. it's an interesting has it gone I'm sure it's, there's been surprises along the way both just like the relationships you've gotten and the the work you've gotten for people and just the 
the experiences along the way. Mm. How's it been having an agency? It's been the most wonderful, wonderful roller coaster and such a huge learning experience. And I've learned so much more, I think, about myself and my own creativity uh, as well. It's been Mm. really, really interesting. Mm. But the thing that's really come through for me is that I have such a strong interest in narrative Mm. um, and that whilst my own practice is much more surface pattern based, um, I am really fascinated in narrative and literature and languages and words. And that, you know, so my first design being about Shakespeare, Mm -hmm. I wasn't drawing Shakespeare, but it was bringing, I I created passports as if it was Desdemona who had a passport. I was bringing in postage stamps and, Um, I was bringing in wording, um, things like, um, you know, some people believe that Francis Bacon wrote these tales because that's Mm. obviously one of the contentious things. Did Shakespeare even write these stories? So this real sense of narrative is definitely something that I'm really inspired by. Um, So we have worked increasingly in illustration as we've moved through the four years of the agency, which has now become... 50% of what we're doing which is so exciting Mm -hmm. Um, so that's been something that I wouldn't necessarily have predicted but very in the first few months of the agency I realized no this is something that I really want to Mm -hmm. to to develop very very sort of you know in a very determined way because it's so interesting and I think also to again it's this application from one area of the industry to another if you can move between more than one area you're going to have a richer career and um, widen your income potential as well yeah and I think it goes along with what do you want to be doing you know what are the things that light you up but you're right the more you can not diversify but but understand about different parts of the of the field creative field or who needs that in what ways and and I love that illustration has become more I hesitate to use the word mainstream again, but you know, more used again. And for a long time, you saw met, of course, photos are there in, in, in a wonderful way, but I feel like for a long time, you saw only photographs of things and, and not as much illustration doing a similar job of that. And I love that, that we're back to a mix, no small reason because of hot social media, really. Yeah. Yes. I think you're right. And what we can see what's visually put in front of us. Yes. Yeah. I mean, isn't that fascinating to think, yeah, that that the products are informed by what something looks like in a three by three square. (laughs) I mean, I'm looking all the time, all the time. And it, and that, that is that thing that makes me think over and over again, you know, I've been asked for decades, like, why aren't you an agent? Like, uh, when would I do that between midnight and three, but I'm so (laughs) so tempted by so many people (laughs) that I love online. So you know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's really hard to, um, there's so many amazing, amazing artists. Um, well, it, it must be tricky to, to keep it, keep the size a certain way for your agency. Like how, how has the growth, how has that worked for you as far as? Yeah. Well, we're, we're I've been, I'm re- re-representing 20 artists now, sort of mm-hmm. including, including yeah. me. So we're still, we're still small and I want to really keep it at that level. And I'd really love to do new things as a group. You know, I think we have so much to offer as, as a group and we're very much like a family. And so for me, it's, um, you know, how, what else can we do as a group that's exciting? Mm. Um, and we love to get together and exchange ideas. And I think there's, 
there's a lot that we can do as a group and I'm more interested in developing that kind of thing than having a hundred hundred artists because yeah. I mean I have yeah. I have I have represented that many artists at the same time mm. previously mm. um and it's it's you don't do as much commission work you mm. can't you you're working much more with existing artwork you have a much less of a personal relationship mm-hmm. um so yeah it's it's very much a a sort of you know it's like anything you can't you can't right. take every box wherever you are right I love that you say you know what else can we do together because I think that mindset no matter if you're actually doing it together or not you're functioning as as people who like each other who want to support each other and work together and that's that's amazing yeah and you're doing so many good things you're doing some very exciting things yourself well I've been very um scarily being commissioned to work on a two illustrated book (laughs) it sounds very exciting I know it's very exciting and I yeah so that's um that's that's a huge exciting thing to that I'll be working on in the latter half of this year so wonderful to have been asked um you know and you talk you you sort of say you know what 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 what's what are the kind of things that happen that are real behind the scenes and I I did get an email one day from a publisher oh you know are you taking on illustration commissions and I was like yes of course (laughs) (laughs) suggesting lots of you know oh yes you know so so this artist is lovely and this artist is lovely and they came back and said no we meant you Um, (laughs) and I was like oh really (laughs) just you know the last person that I was was thinking of um was was my own work so that was really lovely Um, and I'm really excited about that and the topic is it's perfect as well so that's really exciting so it's a two illustrator book so I'll be doing the more decorative work ah nice yeah oh I can't wait till we can we can learn more about that that's great so I'll be doing a few courses I think (laughs) between now and then (laughs) because all my work was done um in an analog way I was painting grounds and using gold foil and cutting everything out so I mean I have done some designs digitally but I think it's going to be quite a big project. So Ooh, that's exciting. So you have a year, this is going to be, you get some learning, you get some good satisfaction, you get to push yourself a bit. That's, that's exciting. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really important that we keep connecting with that bit of ourselves as well. I do too. It's um, so boring to stop learning things really. Yeah, absolutely. I love so, that part. Yeah. I have a question about one of the artists on your roster um, who is, it, it looks like you have their, their work from when they, when they were alive and when they did work, um, E.M. Dinkle. Oh, is this Ernest Michael Dinkle? Yes. yes. What the heck? It's so amazing. Tell me about that. So, oh yes. Lovely. So, um, Ernest Michael Dinkle. So I have represented heritage artists previously who okay. are artists who are not alive. I, I've not, I've just not even thought about that, how that would work. And I, I was, this was several months ago that I was looking at your site. I was like, oh, what is this? Yeah, it's, thing? I don't it's understand. a bit different. Yeah. yeah. So Great. I don't, I don't normally work with uh, for, in Shahan limited in the new agencies. I very much want to work with contemporary artists. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a very special story about Ernest Michael Dinkle. So he, I went to art college with Ernest Michael Dinkle's granddaughter mm-hmm. and her name is Cosima Dinkle. And Beautiful she's name. A, yeah she's she's it's a wonderful name and she she's a wonderful graphic designer and when so Ernest Michael Dinkle is her grandfather 
And he's a fascinating artist who went to the Royal College in the 1920s, I think. I think I'm correct in remembering. And he went to the RCA with Barbara Hepworth, Mm. Eric Villiers, Henry Moore. Mm. So he's of that ilk. So he went on to have a very, very prolific career as an artist. He was a graphic artist. He did graphic posters for the London Transport Museum. So if you Google Ernest Michael Dinkle, you'll see also see watercolour paintings. Um, both the Tate and the V&A in London have got pieces of his work in their collection. Mm. He did Amazing. glass engraving and all sorts of things, but he also did a lot of typo- typographic Beautiful. alphabets. Mm-hmm. So the decorative alphabets, there was a set of 24 alphabets, which when he passed away, my friend Cosma inherited the original artworks Mm. Um, and I've known Cosma for 35 years and she's always had these wonderful artworks under her bed oh my Um, goodness and you know every now and again she'd sort of say oh you know I've got these wonderful alphabets we'd say well what are we going to do with these wonderful alphabets and she would say well I'd really love Ernest Michael Dinkle to be more well known because he was the most amazing artist and he was so prolific and but I think he was almost so busy that Right. It just didn't we, happen the same way as it does. Yeah, that he's not so well known, but he's very much, um, you know, the, the, the interest in vintage artwork of, of you know, mid, mid-century mm-hmm. uh, British design is, is really huge. Um, so we'd love to, we're talking to, well, prior to lockdown, we were talking to galleries about actually exhibiting Ernest mm. Michael Dinkle's work, including his alphabets, and really mm. to try and get him more well known. The awareness and, around that. They're yeah, wonderful. The awareness. And they're so wonderful. And obviously, licensing the work and or, or having them published as part of a book is a is a sort of a secondary thing that Cosmo would absolutely love. And that's clearly something that I can help with. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I'm working solely with the alphabets because the rest of the Ernest Michael Dinkle archive the copyright for that lies with somebody else in Cosma's family mm-hmm. whereas Cosma does have the copyright for the alphabet. alphabet so we've been able to separate that those two things out well that's nice to make things easier um, and we have a wonderful collection with museums and galleries they've they've created a Ernest Michael Dinkle collection of alphabets which has gone on to cards and gift bags and gift wrap and journals and pencils um, and and all sorts of things but um, yeah so that's a sort of special special one-off yeah that's a great story I think um, I love the term heritage artist but when I was looking and I saw those alphabets I think the refreshing thing is that I was not familiar with them. And that's always mm. kind of nice too, is mm. who is yes. this person yeah. and how yeah. great that you, um, you two can work together. You and Cosmo can work together to, you know, honor the work he did because it's very, it's contemporary in its own right as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, in, in hugely ahead of its time. I mean, those, the alphabets, um, if people go to my web, my website and, and look at Ernest Michael Dinkle's work on my website that's the place to go to look at his alphabets because they won't come up in a general google as obviously mm. apart from the products that we've done so go to my website but they were done in the 1950s 1960s mm. so very much of that mid-century you know period but they are absolutely stunning and you know we talk about this something that I often talk about is this connection and what I'm really interested in is partly this 
connection between something that's illustrative but something that's decorative and that mm-hmm. those alphabets significant number of them really are they're beautiful fish and there's so much narrative in them mm-hmm. although they're letters so it's just really really inspiring I think to how you can stretch a shape yes. to communicate something it's really interesting and I'm so glad you like them oh my gosh yeah. I did I was like oh I'm gonna save that question for yeah. her and I think <laughs> I think what you said too one of the things that's so my passion is illustrative and decorative. I mean, those two things and how they go together. I I'm just always looking as at everything as a product and hope, hopefully trying to find makeup in my mind, a product that's not already in existence mm. in quite the same way. But I do feel like that's one of the things that when you've been done, like you have, and you've, you've experienced product development and trying to make things um, in a way that people want to buy them in, in many different shapes and sizes. It's, it's just, it's great to be able to translate that into helping the artists you have as well, just to think what you're drawing or illustrating right now has endless amount of lives, depending on how you look at it. And I, I just always love kind of reminding people that too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. There's a lot available with what you're making it's it's not just necessarily going to be in a magazine or a book it could be Mm. any number of yeah and that's wonderful isn't it the the development and the new the 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 wider application of work now is really very much what you're saying that's that's really always getting more and more I think when I look back sort of 20 years ago I think it was a little bit more Mm-hmm. It, X went on a wine bottle yeah. and Y went on a oh my gosh <laughs> on yes. a napkin and you yeah know, so now it's sort of morphing and I think that's really exciting I do <laughs> one of my projects in design school uh was a big long report on wine labels because I lived in the wine region growing up and and it was absolutely specific it it basically had to be a certain oh, pretty much a certain type a certain way a certain you have to have it this shape. We know that's yeah. long thrown yeah. out the window, but yeah. it was, uh, I think I remember at that time thinking, why? <laughs> 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 that's a really good point. <laughs> my mom, my mom's always taught me that asking the right questions is be- more important than having the right answers. So for sure, ask why, even if you never get the answer. <laughs> oh, it's true. So tell me just a little bit of what you're excited about for all your artists in this year ahead. What I know you have some great things um, to look forward to, but what are you thinking as far as the agency? I know you have a a beautiful new space in Brighton. That's very exciting. Oh, yeah. What's ahead? So, well, it has it has a wonderful um, space here that I'd love to use as a venue for to sort of get some get together meetings as well. Not just with my artists, but, you know, again, maybe with the wider artistic community would be lovely and create an opportunity for my artists to also come and you know talk to other people about what they do as well Mm. I think that would be really interesting and as a group we're already planning an event which is happening in the next couple of months that we'll be working on um, as a group so I've given I've created something new for us to be working on so that's really lovely special thing that the artists are, are involved in and working on and we're we're always doing more and more behind the scenes as a group as well that's something that I really want to 
continue to develop this year I think now that we've really got our sort of got got our group established and Mm -hmm. it's nice for for them just to really get to know each other more Um, because obviously I have a contact with everybody but it's nice for them to have more contact with each other the family it's a really good family so I'm sure people are wondering too, how, when do you look to take on or how, when does it come up for you that you need to take on somebody else? Is it when you see someone's work or is it when you get to a certain number of artists and you think, okay, I have mind space, head space, calendar space for this. Mm. How does that work for you? So obviously initially I was taking on more artists more quickly because I was wanting to sort of build up, although I was still doing it in I was still assessing the artwork in the same way that I am now, you know, which is that does it have this illustrative and decorative quality? Is it something that personally both really, really inspires me so that I know I can support and give um, art direction and, you know, really respond to it myself and also present it in a very positive, creative way to a client, but also that it is a match Mm-hmm. for our clients so there's all of those considerations um you know I see so much wonderful work but it's just not right specifically for mm-hmm. for In us and, categories um it has to also obviously not be too similar to an artist that we're working I with. love that but I think taking on new artists now just needs to be very very different from something we already have and and yeah quite organic but it's not something that I'm going to be kind of continuing at pace yeah. Yeah. That makes great sense. I'm just, so that's a little bit of, I'm sure people are wondering. So I love to, that you say, and, and this, I notice obviously when looking at your site that, that there's diversity of style in there. And I think that's so important and you don't always see that. And it just mm. may, why, why wouldn't you want that? So I, I mm. really appreciate mm. how you've, how you've put together this wonderful family of artists that you have to work with oh thank you Margot yeah, thank you great. there's I'm sure there's a million I know there's a million things I could talk to you about we'll have to we'll have to do this a couple more times and when you can talk about the book you'll have to come back and, and share that. yes the book <laughs> how <laughs> the book went yeah how that all <laughs> or went did, or didn't go <laughs> no it, it will go yeah, it will go yeah, well I, I, so. yeah. I, I just love it, I just feel like I can't remember exactly when I first figured out who you were and what you're doing, I mean, it's obviously been with all your wonderful artists, but just immediately thinking, who is this person? I like what she's doing. And you're just sort of your ethic and creative sense obviously is, is strong. It's really great. Thank you, Margot. Thank you. Well, likewise, it's a really, really lovely to meet you and all the fantastic creative conversations that, that you're you're bringing to the community it's a real joy I think for, for so many of us I'm sure oh, thanks it's there'll be lots rewarding. of people nodding as well oh, thank you <laughs> thank you it's, it's really it's just so rewarding for me because it's not something that I'm doing to reach a goal or have a business thing happen it's just because I love the connecting of people and I'm really not that good of a phone talker but somehow just this, it's like, who would I want to have a cup of coffee with? Well, yeah. you, so yeah. there you yeah. go. It works out yeah. and get yeah. people get to listen in. <laughs> Often I record and I think, I just don't think about people listening. <laughs> no, I know exactly. Yes. You forget. <laughs> oh, there's people listening. Oh, I'm yeah. so glad you're here. I mean, I know. I know, I mean, I know you are, but I just, I, yes. I think if I thought about it, it might turn out differently. So it works yeah. for me to not think that, not think about oh, it. Definitely. Way, but, yeah, but be no, appreciative. It's a bit surreal to think the all lovely 
uh, music's going to be playing and then, <laughs> exactly. and then we'll be talking <laughs> exactly yeah. but that's the that's the, the joy in what you've created I think as well thanks well you know I'm not um, I'm not a linear thinker I'm a I'm a creative kind of uh, pretty thing to pretty thing thinker and I think that's one of the reasons that the the way these conversations go work for me because I, I as you would be if you were having a cup of coffee with someone you're, it's not like you come with a plan. I mean, you might want to know what they've done in the last few months, but I love being able to just, you know, hear what you're talking about and then be able to take it from there. So thanks for playing along. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to um, listening to lots more windowsill chats. Thank you. (laughs) I do want to ask before we finish though, who's inspiring you? And I love, I get a little preview because I asked this Ah, via email. Yes, you did. Yes. No. I, I think I said, could I have three groups? Yes. Three and the answer is, of, of course, yes. yes. <laughs> so the first one would definitely have to be, um, would have to be my mom and my dad, um, okay. who, so Maggie and John, yeah, just so hugely inspiring, both so highly creative. Um, my mom's field is creativity and the philosophy of mind. Oh. She's, um, her field's artificial intelligence. Wow. And she was the founder of the world's first academic program in cognitive science. And she has a wonderful interest in creativity and art. Wow. What a great combination. So that is just the kernel of so much, as you can imagine. She's always really asked, you know, how, how, what, what kinds of challenges do we have when we're creating something and how does that happen? And so many wonderful questions around that. Um, and she also has a wonderful skill to write and communicate something that scholars in her field can engage with, but that mm. it, that's also hugely inspiring and accessible for a child or for a beginner. Mm. What a talent. And that's, that's such a talent um, that inspires me. And she loves Paul Gauguin and she oh. loves Indian textiles and she mm. took me to India and introduced me to a love of language. So I feel that everything I do is very much every day still really inspired by by her and my dad, a fantastic historian and publisher who went to art school for a week before <laughs> becoming a journalist. And he went on to study history and set up his own publishing company, Harvester Press, in the 1970s. And he's a hugely inspiring creative entrepreneur. He sees around corners um, He's uh, and always asks me, but what's the message? You know, what's the message? Because I'll talk and talk. And yeah, but what's the message? <laughs> so he's um, the two of them. And he's recently actually, he's in his 80s now and he's set up a new publishing company named after my great grandfather, Edward oh. Everett. Everett Root so he's still very very active and I think this this sense of activity and always developing is something that hugely inspires me and retirement's not a word in in our vocabulary so well you sound um, like such a perfect mix of the two of them I can see why you're creative and curious in the way that you are what what a gift that they live their life the way they do and your mom sounds like if she can get those ideas to a place where academically they're interesting, but also for someone that maybe 
doesn't read in that same way. They're equally compelling. That's so yes. great. And your dad being what a perfect fit the two of them sound like. I know they, yeah, absolutely amazing. So yeah, so I had to I had to sit, talk about Maggie and John as part of that question, and then also my artists. My artists just inspire me hugely, and that's so important when I'm you know looking at an artist's work and they really do you know I just start my day and and always look at their artwork and I'm so inspired and it gives me a lot of ideas and I really bounce off their work so that's hugely inspiring for me and makes a lot of new things happen for me creatively as well and then thirdly it's really is our artistic community you know the work that you do Margot the work that so many wonderful artists are doing I recently did a a challenge before Christmas and it just so loved seeing the 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 work that was that was created um because I'm very aware of sort of feeling like well what what am I responding to when I'm looking at somebody's work and what are they trying to do and if they're creating a collection of work what's the thread that's common and interesting and connecting these pieces of work and what does that then make me think about you know so just it always takes me down the most wonderful rabbit hole like in Alice in Wonderland and I think it has to be those three things because I don't have the time and of opportunity obviously with lockdown but I don't have the time to go into bookshops and spend hours reading books I don't I can't go to galleries I can't do all of these things that as an art student I did which inspired me so now it's really about you know my internal personal history my artists and our community and that's what I am living and breathing so yeah I couldn't agree more I just think it's the foundation we have it's the things that we surround our things and the people that we surround ourselves with and those speak exactly to that and I think our community oh my gosh I I agree with you I get so much every day from from this creative community and how willing people are and especially it just felt like when COVID and lockdown started two years ago, people just rose to the occasion creatively, mm. generously. Hey, let's have your kids draw this way. You know, let's do a kids mm. creative club or let's do a challenge or let's reach out and support each other in this way or support others that need it. And oh my goodness, it's, I really have felt like there's so much more opportunity and generosity creatively flowing around and I really appreciate it yeah no definitely definitely and one of the things that's been really lovely that's happened recently is that I've um we're going to be announcing a new collaboration with the lovely Hannah Curtis at Creative Sparrow as well over the next few months so that's that's going to be really lovely and I'd love to develop new ways of working with 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 more artists and celebrating the the world that we're we're in I agree. Well, you know, I have, I meet people like you and, and other people that I've, I've had on the podcast and, and just run into in other ways. And, and to me, that's, that it's a gift for ourselves and for each other. How can we come together in ways that then benefits all of us really? And, and yeah. it's just so much more fun. Yes. You know, absolutely. And rewarding. Yes. Yes. So absolutely. Well, on that thought, we'll, we'll have to do some brainstorming. Yes, that's exciting. Absolutely. That would be wonderful. I agree. Thank you so, so much, Jahan, for being here. Oh, Margot, thank you so much for having me. That's it for this episode of Windowsill Chats. Thanks so much for being here with me. It's just so great to be able to bring you these conversations with the fantastic people and wonderful friends that I've met and made along the way. Make sure you subscribe to Windowsill Chats on your favorite podcast app and please share it with a friend. 
And if this episode spoke to you, I'd really appreciate it if you would also leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can just go to the bottom of the episode you've just listened to and it'll let you leave a review. If you have any questions or want to check out more details or inspiration that we talked about, head over to the show notes at windowsillchats.com or tantostudio.com. They'll both take you to the same place. I can't wait to share more stories with you again next week. I value your time and I absolutely believe in your potential. Have a great one, everyone, and stay creatively curious.